This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. Wow, that was an angry one. Wow, what am I working out today? I don't know. That's not the point right now. This is episode 294, and tonight marks a very special occasion. Yes, it's my actual birthday, but it is also the return of the crapshoot. What? What? Oh my goodness. We are looking at a little movie called Shock Value from 2014, and I'm going to be joined by world-famous actor and first-time guest, Dan Dominguez, who's also the host of the Hot Date Podcast. Yeah, it's going to be a grand old time. But first, please, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh. Hi. And once a week, I am your guide to the weird, wonderful worlds of horror movies. But hold on there, Tex. You're going to have to see these movies through my very, very, and I mean very gay little eyes. Can you handle it? Well, too bad because the roller coaster's already started and there's no stopping it now. Roller coaster of gay. What? 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 Patrick turns 50 and now the show is Soul Train or lack of Soul Train. I don't know. I got nothing. I'm actually not feeling that great today. I have not been sleeping well at all all week. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, and this has nothing to do with now being a half a century old. My internal clock is so fucked up right now with isolation and just like day means nothing, night means nothing, time means nothing. My internal clock is so fucked up right now. Like if you could listen to it, it would not sound like a clock. It would not go tick tock, tick tock. No, it would sound like a one man band falling down a flight of fucking stairs. That's what I sound like. I don't know what's going on. I sleep for one hour, then I'm up for five hours, then sleep for two hours, then for six hours. Like I have no idea what my body's doing. And Smoochie doesn't know why there is. Right, Smoochie? What you crying about? Smoochie, I'm trying to do a podcast. All right, I guess Smoochie's trying to tell me that it's time for Bum Bum Smoochie Watch. What's going on with that cat? Smoochie had a vet appointment yesterday. You know, she's fine. It's nothing major. She just had been sneezing and any kind of sign of that, any symptoms like that in a cat is always a sign that something's wrong. And I noticed that she was getting a little wheezy when she was breathing. Like wheezy in the sound of her breath, not like Wheezy Jefferson. Come on. Oh, that would be amazing. What? Off the point. But as you know, Smoochie is a a cat of extraordinary size, and she's a semi-long hair, which means she's got—okay, I've distracted her with catnip, so she doesn't hear me say this. She's got poop clotting problems. You know that joke about, you know, uh, know, bear and rabbit are taking shit in the woods? Where the bear wiped his ass with the rabbit because shit didn't stick to his fur? Shit sticks to Miss Smoochie's fur like bananas, and— I've told you many a tale. I have to go running around trying to chase this monster with a wet cloth and little teeny tiny scissors trying to snip off everything because I can't get her to stand still. And she knows how to put up a fight because, you know, as as many of you know, she was a roller derby queen in a past life, possibly this life. I don't know. So I had to come to the decision. Well, I'm going to have to get the trimmers and I'm going to have to shave her butt. I shaved Smoochie's butt and I lived. Yay! Yay! Coincidentally, that was the same day I decided Give myself a haircut and buzzed everything down. But just, you know, I did use a separate set of clippers because I'm not 
a monster. Wow, thank you for sharing that fun story. But like I said, my, my body clock is all screwed up. So I, I need to just get this out there and get to sleep. But I'm very excited about this episode because, like I said, it's the return of the crapshoot. And for those of you who are new to the show, I haven't done this on here or really anywhere in a long time. The crapshoot is when I dive headfirst into that vast sea of direct-to-video horror movies in search of that diamond in the shit pile. And I actually watched this particular crapshoot feature a while ago, at least a year ago, and I've been waiting for the right guest to share it with. And it's finally happening tonight. And I'm going to spoil it right now. This movie's a goddamn gem. It is an overlooked gem. Get your little mitts on this movie right now. And plus, I get to talk about it with actually one of my favorite people, one of my favorite people who I never get to hang out with. We talk about it in the, in the actual interview. But yeah, Dan Dominguez is a very talented actor, and you know we've got mutual friends I know him through Alina Acker, world-famous actress Alina Acker, who's been on the show many, many times. I've seen him in shows. I've directed him in a show. But we've never actually got to, like, hang out socially. So what you're hearing tonight is our first date, even though it's not a date. Whatever. You know what I mean. Because, like I said, Dan is a very talented actor, which means he's always super busy because he's always working. And so the fi finally, the stars, we had to go into total isolation, quarantine lockdown for me to have a sit down with Dan Dominguez to talk about anything. But it's happening right now in your ear holes. And so without any further ado, I'm just going to train. I'm going to bring him on. I'm going to bring on Dan Dominguez. We're going to listen to the trailer because it's time. You know what, Flem? Why don't you do it? We haven't done this in a long time. Are you ready? Hold on to your hats, bitch asses. It's time for the crap shoot. Pull. 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 Ew, 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 ew. Oh, oh God. Ugh. Where's my stuff? That piece of paper, I've put your name, your address, and the details of all the killings that I've personally witnessed. Who are you? What do you want? My name is Miles Fowler. I direct horror movies. You want me to be in a movie? I don't want you to be in a movie. I'm forcing you to be in a movie. You're not just in it. You're the star. This is a really bad idea. No, it's not. This is a great idea. Who are you making a film? What's it about? It's about a serial killer. What if he figures out what's really going on? You don't get anywhere in this business if you're not willing to take a risk. I know you don't think you can do this. Because I can't do this. You know why you're a bad actor, Nick? Yeah, because I don't know how to do the lines right. It can't be. I killed you once. That sucked. A little more passion! <laughs> He's just playing along until he can figure out how to get away with killing us. He's not gonna kill anybody. Anybody else, I mean. Action. Cut! I know how the mind of a psychopath works. You do? Yeah. So joining me for this episode, I am very delighted to have a very, very talented new guest. Shockingly talented. This is this, this guy. He's the host, well, the co-host of the Hot Date Podcast and 
He's a star of both stage and screen. In fact, you might have seen him on the big screen with Liam Neeson in Run All Night, or you might have seen him on your teeny tiny television screen talking sass to James Spader on The Blacklist, or asking America that question, what would you do? And I'm very delighted because he's here. Uh, so excited that he's here because that means his pussy told him that it was okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my GNCs, wherever you may be, I am delighted to introduce to you Mr. Dan Dominguez! Thank you, Patrick. It's my pleasure to be here. My pussy never leads me wrong. So... <laughs> I was just concerned because I got to get permission from both of you to do anything. So yes, like. my pussy is my pussy is very temperamental. So he, he, she, whoever, we're not, we're not. It's gender a, a gender neutral pussy. Your put your pussy is fluid. <laughs> my pussy is fluid. <laughs> Thirty seconds in, and we're disgusting. <laughs> That's my nickname. Pussy uh-huh. is fluid. For those of you who are listening, what the fuck are they talking about? Many many moons ago, we had another guest on, Elena Acker, who worked with Dan Dominguez uh- on a show. Lady's been on very many, many times. Yeah, and we I, played a, we played that, that played a selection from that show that you were in. Um, please, let, please tell me the title because it's fourteen oh my God. words long. You're putting me on the spot. It's something about sisterhood. It's not traveling pants. It's mother, some, mother, mother, uh, mother Earth and the sisterhood of the flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah the traveling pants. Yeah, whatever. We played that. We had played that song about listening to your pussy. So yes. <laughs> Dan sang about his pussy, and it was great. I forgot so about we, that. Wow. Yes. So they. You can't, you know, you know how Bob the drag queen says purse first. You came in pussy first. Well done, Dan Dominguez. I have to respect the pussy. Pussy brought us all here. This is true. This is true. Well said. <laughs> so, no, I just gave everybody a brief intro. So, Dan, why don't you do, just fill in the blanks? Tell everybody about who Dan Dominguez is and what's going on. Well, oh my I mean, gosh. nothing's going on, but what's normally going on. Yeah, right now, Dan Dominguez is an unemployed actor on lockdown down here in Chelsea in Manhattan. I, I was in the midst of a show before the lockdown happened, and we shut down about a week and a half early. And right now, just trying to stay sane. You know, I listened I listened to your Witchboard podcast and you were talking about this thing about being creative while in while in lockdown. And I I have done fuck all, Patrick, in my lockdown. It's, that's okay, man. There's yeah. no rules for this shit. You gotta do what you gotta do to get by. Like I say every show, fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the vinyl reel. And whatever that <laughs> takes for you, that's what it is. If that means sitting around doing nothing, that's fine. That's a, I haven't completely been sitting around doing nothing. I have continued to work. Thank God my 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 part-time job is work, 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 work. <laughs> There's a lot of that happening. A lot of dancing in the underwear happening. But <laughs> but I, I haven't written the great American novel. I haven't written the next great Arthur Miller play. I have mm. not shot fucking movies in my house on my mm. iPhone while this is happening. So yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay. That's cool. Cool. That's cool. Neither have I. I just do this shit and that's good. That's enough for me. This is important. It keeps me sane. Yes, yes. Sane-ish. <laughs> sane-like. Sane-like. <laughs> Sane-adjacent. Yes. Oh, gosh. I've known Dan for quite a few years, and I, I knew he was a horror buff. I met during whatever the hell that show was, because I loved the show. I loved everything about it. And Elena's like, you got to meet this guy. Yeah. Yeah, and he started listening to the show, and his show's great. And everything, everybody loves everybody. And it's fabulous. Where am I going? What am I talking about? Patrick's babbling, and we just started. It's a love fest. It's a love fest here on Screen Queens today. Oh. Today it is, not always. Well, I think <laughs> I think I listened to your podcast even before I knew who you were. And I think it was Alana who said, that guy's a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's how it came about. And uh, I, I am a horror fanatic. Love your podcast. Thank you. 
Thank yeah, you. yeah. So so here we are, years later, making years it happen. Late. Finally. And then we keep missing each other. Like at this Scream Queens, the Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street premiere. I was there, you were there, we missed each other somehow. Yes, yes. And you know, recently I was at a party. This is before lockdown, obviously. And I started chatting with a guy. My grandmother used to tell me about parties back in the days of the big outside. <laughs> what were those like, Granny? <laughs> You mean you went to another person's house? They were very dangerous because the streets were lined with evil trees, these horrible <laughs> chunks of living wood that would peer in your windows at night and try to impregnate you with their sperm to make you bear their saplings. I got nothing. <laughs> yes, Daddy. Have you seen the movie <laughs> The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan? It was something like that. Everyone's talking about that movie now. I know. I know. Everybody's watching all the quarantine shit. Anyway, so that's that. What were we talking about? I interrupted you, but it was so funny. Oh, you were saying something about parties. Oh, parties. I was at a party before this all happened, and I started chatting with this guy, completely not knowing who he was, and I found out that he was the director of of, of Scream Queen. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler Jensen. Tyler Jensen, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, and, and of course, all I did was gush the rest of the night over this guy, because I love the movie so much. And he's a cutie. He is, yes. 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 Uh, he was with was kind of oh. <laughs> And now and now the whole world can hear that you're a cutie. Well that was that was my pussy agreeing with you. Oh. <laughs> that was that was I didn't burp, I queefed. Girl, you're pussy loud. <laughs> you're pussy loud. <laughs> your pussy had a lot of room to move around down there. What you been doing in quarantine? <laughs> I can't. Oh. <laughs> You're pussy getting a lot of action. For I that, see. you'll have to tune into my channel on Zoom. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. I've been creating. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Gross. That'll oh. be your background on Zoom. Everyone's got those backgrounds. You can be, yours can just be a big old pussy. <laughs> You're pussy first. I'm pussy in the back. <laughs> wait, oh my, wait a oh minute. My. That didn't come out right. Or did it? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Pussy in the back. Pussy first. Pussy in the back. <laughs> So you just created but, something. We're creating a rap song right now. A rap song right here. See, I, yeah, I'm not just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> you, got, you see, your pussy's telling you what to say. Your pussy's yes. trying to be creative as pussies do. St my pussy's saying, We are not being anti-woman right now. This is actually, this no, is actually no, a no. really strong fit. And there's a whole thing was that this was the whole move. That whole show was all about women power. And pussy power. Yeah. Get yeah, out yeah. of your head and listen to what your pussy tells you to do sometimes. I think there must be a, there, there must be an album of that show out there somewhere, right? Yeah, because I, I I played the clip, so okay, so it's the music is out there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> actually, pig fucker, the clip is right here. <laughs> yes, yes, it is I, Flem, Flem the Gargoyle, editing this show once again. Now you would think I would want Patrick to get all these letters and angry complaints. From listeners going, why are they telling you my pussy to make it to any feminine? You think I would like to put him through that. But the thing is, he wouldn't go through that. He'd be like, oh, Flem, do the paperwork for me. Oh, Flem, call my lawyer. Oh, Flem, pop all the pimples in my butt crack. Blah, 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 because that's what he does. So instead, I'm going to just play the song in a brief, in a brief, in a brief, a brief, a brief, a brief, a Words are hard. Shorten the version. To shut you all up so that you don't be writing me letters so I can go back to doing what I like to do best, which is torturing you. So listen to this song and suffer. Take all your righteous indignation that you felt listening to all these terrible pussy jokes and stick them up your warty butthole and just fucking suffer. So this week, ladies, I want you to try living life the way so many men do. Instead of thinking with this, I want you to start thinking 
this. People like to give advice and tell me what to do. But there's only one voice I like to listen to. It's not my mother or father or a teacher or a nun. She's my mentor and my guide and my sweet cinnamon bun. She knows the way through bush or briar. And this I surely know. And this she surely knows. I did the best things I ever did in life. Cause my pussy told me so. Proper term for that lady part told me so. Yeah. Are we doing a show? What's happening? <laughs> I don't know. What are we doing? We're catching up, Patrick. We are catching up. Oh, yeah. We've never, we've never, the thing, the truth is we've never had a chance to do this like friendly hangout kind of thing. No, so no. It's is... always after something or we just yeah. accidentally run into each other or something. Yeah. 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 You're, and you've been so kind to come see all the show, many of the shows right. that I've been in. And so you're, you're, you're a special guy. You're a special guy. I mean, roller skating. <laughs> and, and oh my gosh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Two drops and a whoopsie. Thought, <laughs> they we, don't know what we're we talking thought, about. <laughs> no. We thought that was the funniest shit, but other people did. I thought it was the funniest shit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I'm like, they were doing a scene in front of him. I'm like, I don't know what's going on in the scene because those two guys in the back of the roller coaster are fucking hilarious. My listeners have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it was it was a show I did called The Jammer. And I'll tell you this. I was constantly getting notes from the stage manager about pulling focus. <laughs> She'd be like, "Don't pull focus back at the in the back of the roller coaster scene, and don't put me in the backseat of the roller coaster." I'm okay, like, I know. Yeah, I need to be removed from the scene because I'm just that talented. People are just gonna look. I just can't help I'm just innately hilarious. What can I do? My my pussy is telling me to steal focus. <laughs> <laughs> when my pussy hits two drops in a whoopsie, my pussy gonna scream. <laughs> That's right. That's right. My my pussy don't like roller coasters. There's. <laughs> They scare. But she loves attention. Oh. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me. You're all looking at my pussy now, aren't you? <laughs> I think eventually we're going to come around to this being misogynistic. So no, we should. We're not. No, no, no we're not. Like, this is all with respect. Like, hey, rock on. You're listening to what you got. You're listening to your instincts. Yeah. But this is the most pussy talk I've had in ever, forever. <laughs> Which means we should probably segue over to the movie. The movie that we're talking about is a little ditty from 2014 called shock value and i stumbled across this movie on 
to be mm-hmm. ages ago. And I don't know what attracted me to it. Just like, okay, it sounds kind of interesting. And well, I've been sitting on it for a long time for the right guest. Cause I think it's a fucking gem. Dan, you know, the drill. Cause yes. you're a listener. Since you're a guest, we have a tradition here on scream Queens. Oh God. To give you, I need you to give me a nice tight 30 second back of the DVD box cover plot summary of the movie shock value. Pitch me that plot. The clock starts now. A down on his luck filmmaker is witness to a bloody murder and gets an idea for his next great film. He's gonna hire that murderer to be the star of his film and cash in on all the publicity that will happen after the movie is shot. But things don't go as he plans. That's shock value. Dan Dominguez? Yes. I accept your answer. Well done, sir. <laughs> With 12 seconds to spare. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you hear the plot, like even when I read it, I said, okay, whatever. Yeah. But it, it's so good. It is. I was telling you, Patrick, that if I came across this poster, if I was scrolling through Netflix or Tubi, which I've been doing a lot, I discovered Tubi. I'm in love with Tubi. Yeah. Tubi's the greatest. But if I were to scroll through and, and come across this picture, I would probably scroll right past it just because of, like you said, the plot summary, even the poster image. Mm-hmm of the guy's bloody face wouldn't be a draw for me. And the trailer gives you nothing of what the tone of this movie is like, because what it doesn't tell you is that this movie is a black comedy, like jet, jet black comedy. Yeah, super, super dark, super dark. And even when you're watching it, like the first 20 minutes are very, very stark. Yeah. And very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very, very expressionistic. Expressionistic and also just- Or like maybe noir-like. Yes, Yes, yeah. you're th- you think you're in for one kind of a movie, and somewhere around the 20-minute mark, things start to get a little bit witty, Yeah, and the tone starts to change, and then you're in this whole different movie, or you're on this really fun ride, and you're like, this is really smart, and it's skewering the whole indie horror movie system, and Hollywood, totally. and, and just filmmakers and artists in general, and it's very smart and very funny until all of a sudden- It's not anymore. It just punches you in the gut. And when, I, when we say black comedy, you know, it is it is a comedy. It's layered with- it's layered with some funniness, but it's all really, I don't want to say under the surface, but it's all really subtle. So you're not going to get a Shaun of the Dead. You're not going to get Saturday the 14th or a comedy like that. You're going to get a you're going to get a comedy that's really sly. And that's what I loved about it. That's what won me over. Yeah, it's very, very witty. Nobody like yes. it's funny. This it's humor, but not jokes. Yes. Yeah. And everybody everybody's playing yeah. for real. They're not playing a comedy. They're playing life and death. At all no, times. No, 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 yeah. And that's what makes it all work. Absolutely. And this, ca- this cast is so good. It's a nice little ensemble cast. And from top to bottom, they're great. Yeah, there's not a there's not a bad egg in there, I would say. And even, even in, in an exploration of an indie horror film where you expect all the acting to be poor, I feel like even, even when we're sort of meta, we're sort of inside the movie that they're shooting, even that acting isn't that bad. So, so yeah, there's a, lots of layers. And I, and I, you know, it's, it's again interesting to come across this movie where you don't recognize the actors. I looked them all up on IMDb. They all, they all have had some sort of career, but um, haven't gone on to do a lot. I mean, I hate to I hate to criticize actors for like um, for for that sort of thing because you know what? Who knows what they went on to do? It's not a criticism. It's not a criticism. Yeah. It's just odd that they made this little gem and then they all just kind of vanished. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of inspiring in a way. It is, it is. But I mean, if, if you're going to make one movie, make it a great one. And this is a great little movie. And I'm shocked that nobody knows about it. That's the shock value about it for me, that this is an incredibly entertaining. It's not necessarily scary. Yeah. 
until it's no, just like, it goes for unsettling in the last reel. Yeah, it's like a, I would say it's like it's sort of dread inducing. You sort of watch it always waiting for another shoe to drop. So, yeah, that's not it's not that's not exactly scary. But is it horror? Absolutely. It's a horror movie about making horror movies. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And yes. what goes wrong, like with the Hollywood dream? Mm-hmm. And the artist who wants too much, or you know, it, and I just okay. So let's just let's just break this down. So we have this guy Miles Fowler, who is an indie horror movie director, and we we open with him receiving an award at the Van Nuys Splatter Days Film Festival <laughs> for best director, and his lead actress gets best actress. And you think it should be a night for celebration? Why isn't it a night for celebration, Dan Dominguez? Well, because it's a film festival that it doesn't seem like a lot of people are attending, and also he's intimated that he essentially bought these awards. Yeah that they weren't earned by the greatness of the acting or the greatness of the directing, you know, it's, and, and this is what most festivals, film festivals across the country are like, where you essentially have to buy the award that you're given because there's so many damn film festivals, you know, it's like every, every other small town has a film festival. So, so there's no prestige in him winning and, and the awards, the award looks kind of hokey anyway. It's like, what is it? An angel stretched up with a star in the center. Yeah. 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 So, 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 and he, 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 he understands that and he gets it and he's drunk at the beginning of the film. So he's lamenting the fact that this isn't all that prestigious. No. Yeah. It should be, it should, as, as his, as his sidekick, Justine says, why are you so upset? This should be the night of your life. And it's not because he knows that it's bullshit. Yeah. And he's yeah. feeling his career is bullshit. And so what do you, what do you do with times like this? You go, you find a place to park your car <laughs> and watch people having sex in public and jerk off on the steering wheel. That's what I do when I'm feeling bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? If I'm going to have sex in public, I'm going to have sex on the fucking tourist information map <laughs> overlooking, overlooking that majestic view of Los Angeles. Of a lit up Los Angeles. Hey, if it's good enough for Louis C.K., it's good enough for me. Yeah. If he can masturbate in public, so can I. Yeah, so, so some sort some poor couple are just banging away on the side. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's course, not having she's not having any fun. She's telling him to slow down. Yeah. She's backed up against a steel, what is it? It's a it's a plaque with names on it. Yeah, I thought I thought it was yeah, it was whatever it is. It's like like from this angle, you're like you, you can see this from over here. And this it's some fucking bullshit map that people are probably putting their gum and buggers on for 30 yeah. years. Now it's being imprinted on her back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for, for Mercifully, what happens happens. It just puts them. <laughs> what happens? What happens is, as Miles is 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 pleasuring himself to this couple having sex, someone comes up and murders the both of them with a tire iron. Yeah, yeah. Beats the living crap out of them. Yeah. And Miles hides himself as the killer comes by, and this is where he gets. I think this is where he first comes up with this idea for mm-hmm. his next film. Yeah. Yeah, Miles has the idea that I'm going to follow this guy around, which we this is the first half of the movie. It's just him kind of stalking the serial killer, who we'll come back to in a minute. Yes. <laughs> and while he's, you can see it must be a couple of days, because at one point you can see him like taking notes, and it's just like times of like where he goes at what time, so he's just like figuring out his schedule. And mm-hmm. he's got this bright idea. What is this bright idea, Dan? This bright idea is that he's going to cast this guy as the lead in his next film. We don't know what that film is going to be. We don't know the plot, but... He thinks that at the end of shooting this film with this guy, they'll reveal that he's a real serial killer. And hopefully the publicity will bring a lot of attention to their to this film. Right. Um, so, you know, such a smart idea. Why wouldn't it work? Right, Patrick? No, what could what could possibly? <laughs> well, he even says it at one point. What could possibly go wrong? Well, you're going to find out. Right. And in order and in order to guarantee that he steals some stuff from this guy's house. 
as blackmail material. Yep. And we'll stop there just because I want to okay. back up. I want to back up yeah. and talk about Nick. Oh, Nick. Nick, our serial killer, played by Anthony Bravo, who also really wrote, who also wrote this. Yeah. 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 What I loved about this and what I've seen people complaining about, because mm-hmm. bitches got to complain about something. And I'm, I read I mean, IMDb. That's a non-gender, non-gendered bitch. I'm just talking about bitches need to complain. Bitches, bitches got a bitch. Fish got, fish got to swim. Bird got to fly. Bitch got a bitch. Mm-hmm. He's so not scary. He's just like this tiny little scrawny guy. And like, he should be eight feet tall and hawking and muscular and not talking. Like, <sighs> that's what makes this guy scary. He just looks like anybody else. He's a tiny little guy. But when he moves, he moves like a fucking comet. Yes. Yeah. And isn't that what? Isn't that what we what we know about serial killers is that they look just like everybody else. That's yeah. what makes them scary. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was tall and handsome. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's his Women, name? What's his name? The guy who ate everybody. Jeff Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeff Dahmer yeah. was you know sort of a normal looking skinny guy. Yeah. I loved Anthony Bravo. I thought he was a cutie. Tootie. I thought so too. I loved that because and what his his performance <laughs> is fantastic. Yes. Overall, because what's great about him, like I said, he's small. He's got a stillness to him that's frightening. Right. You can't read him. Mm-hmm. You get nothing from looking at him. And it's not like he's not acting. He's just like, I don't know what he's thinking. And I don't know what he's going to do next. And that makes him really fucking scary. Like this guy could snap at you at any moment. He's like a coiled snake. And we see that when he does snap. Yeah. That's, you know, that's when you see the the, the horror come out. But before then... Like, like you said, he's just a cute guy walking down the street. He looked a little like Eddie Munster to me. He did. He did have a Butch <laughs> Patrick thing come, going on. Not this Butch Patrick, the other Butch Patrick. Oh, hey, hey, I see what you did there, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't you see my, can't you see my little widow's peak? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, up here. It's are. back here somewhere. <laughs> oh, I love the hat though. Spangly. Someone said, someone online said he looked like Carl Urban, but, but I, I think if he had, if he had like 70 more pounds of muscle and was a little taller, he'd be called urban. But I saw Butch Patrick. Yeah, I see that too. And it all works. I loved, I thought this guy was great. I thought he was great. And yeah. just his evolution through the movie is also fascinating, but we're not, we'll get into that. Yes. Miles goes and recruits his, 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 uh, <laughs> he gets his trusty right hand, not the one he was using in the car, but like the actual person who's his right hand. Justine, who we mentioned earlier, she's his, um, um, a PA, I guess, or. We're not really sure what she is. Well, she's, uh, she's worked on all of his movies. They know get, yeah. eventually she's going she's gonna to be she's going to wind up producing this next movie, whether she wants to or not. He gets right. her roped into all this. He gets her on the in on the thing. He actually sends her into one of his crime scenes. Then they follow him home and break into his house and steal stuff from him, like all of his mm-hmm. like weapons and weird photos that he takes. All this evidence. So now they have a box full of evidence. Right. And blackmail material. Yeah. Uh, evidently, when Miles took all the stuff, he left a note saying, meet us at the diner. <laughs> we got to pitch and, you something. But before we go any further, can we talk about Justine? Yes. Justine. What is that? Michelle Campbell? Is that the actress's name? Michelle Campbell. Michelle Campbell, who uh, initially I thought, okay, the voice is too high. She sounds a little like Minnie Mouse. Mm-hmm. This one, this one's going to get on my nerves. She's a little, she's, she's, she's sort of one of these women that, you know, like you put the glasses on and she's ugly and then you take the glasses off and she's pretty. Like yeah. she's, she's meant in the film to be sort of normal looking, but she's gorgeous. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. which I also thought was a funny comment on, on filmmaking. But, but once again, endearing, loved her. Well, ex- exactly. Cause what I thought was great about it, you, like you said, your first impression of like, oh gosh, and a little mousy thing. She's going to do whatever Miles tells her. But yeah, she's super nice and super soft-spoken, but she has got a backbone of steel and she's got balls of steel. 
mm-hmm. and she winds up being the light of this movie and the yeah. heart of it. And I absolutely fell in love with Justine. And let's talk about this skeleton crew. Like he's got, he's making a film, but he has what, four people? And it seems like she's the one that's keeping it all together. Yeah. So, so I loved her. And I, like you said, I loved how she develops strength as the film goes on. And, you know, there's a whole subplot we'll get into. Yeah, that yeah, I just, yeah, 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 yeah. That but, I just yeah, loved. Yeah. But, but yeah, she's, uh, she's the character's lovely. The actress is lovely. And a character you don't see in horror movies. No, no. She doesn't fit into any of the stereotypes. And actually neither does um, Ashley. No, Ashley's great too. Ashley is his is his um his his female muse of his movies. He Thank uses you. her in all his films. Yeah, she's always a star a star of a Miles Fowler movie, and she's blonde and she's gorgeous and she's eh, of an actress. And you think <laughs> she's going to be this way because the first time you really have a confrontation with her, yeah, is after this whole plan is in motion. Well, Justine was talking to Ashley all off the side on the set, and she's just like, Nick wants me to ask you if you'd help him with his acting. It'd be really good for the movie if you did. Of course. Thanks. But don't fuck him, okay? What? Don't fuck him, please. Why do you think I'd want to fuck him? Because a lot of the time you're careless and aggressive sexually. Yeah, with hot guys and musicians, not pale, creepy dorks. Give me some credit, would you? Okay, sorry. Oh, she's going to be that character. And then as soon as Justine starts to walk away, she's like, I'm sorry. Justine. I didn't mean that to sound as dickish as it did. He's not a dork. (laughs) No, he is. She immediately apologized because normally in a movie like this, you get, oh, two girls on a film set in a horror movie, they're going to have to fight. Right. All the time because we can't have girls that like each other. And it was like, it was a totally human move. I loved all that. And the idea that the idea that they've made her, you know, she's tall, she's buxom, she's got the short blonde haircut, mm-hmm. she, you know, she's going to be the bitchy one in the movie because we're used to women that look like that being the bitchy one. Yeah. And the movie doesn't lead us down that path, which is a, another great thing about it. It is, gave you a li- that little taste of that just to make you think the movie was going to go that way and then it took that away. So no, she's actually a human yeah. being. Yeah. Also, we're, we're sort of led to believe that she's going to be a bad actress. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that uh, Ashley in the <laughs> <laughs> you can't see what I'm doing right now. <laughs> so your pussy is trying to scratch me. She's not good, but she's not bad. I mean, but she's what, as good as the material is going to let her be. Are we talking about Ashley in the movie, within the movie? Or are we talking about the I'm talking actress? About Ashley, I'm not talking about Janelle. Uh, Janelle Krista is her name. Yeah. Okay. No, Dan Dominguez, it's not okay. I am Flam, Flamly Gargoyle, and that is not okay because that is wrong. Wrong. The actress's name is not Janelle, whatever hell she is. Her name is Janelle O'Dare. O'Dare. I O'Dare you to keep listening to this stupid podcast because Patrick is the prince of lies. Yeah, Janelle Christa. Janelle Christa is a good actress. Yes, and so is Janelle O'Dare, Dan Dominguez. Yeah, yeah, she's a good yeah. actress playing a mediocre playing a bad actress. Yeah. which which is very very difficult to do. Right, because her bad um, acting isn't like I am doing everything like like forced bad. It's just. Ugh. Right. <laughs> and at one point, nobody's, she's asked, nobody's actually directing you, are they? There's, you're just, you're just, just nobody's telling you what. Yeah, terrible, yeah. You, sorry, what were you going to say? No, no. I was going to say that I think at one point, doesn't you were trying to recall that Justine asks Ashley to help Rick with his acting Nick, to make yeah. him a little more natural. Nick, yeah. a little more better, yeah. a little more natural on screen. So, yeah. so she's actually considered a good actress in the movie within it, the movie. Acting is scary, it's risk, it's vulnerability. You got to remember, you chose to do this. 
Nobody put a gun to your head and said you have to be in this movie, right? Right. Ever told a lie to get out of a confrontation? Ever made up a story because the truth was too embarrassing? You ever pretended to be someone you're not because you didn't think people could handle the real you? It's all acting, Nick. Well, I laughed when, when, when Nick was like, Ashley's a really good actress. After watching that scene, I was just emulating, which we'll come back to. We jumped too far. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we go back to this plan is being hatched. This is when everything turns, because now, like I said, everything for this first 20 minutes has been dark and, and grim and gritty. Mm-hmm. And moody. And moody, yeah. So you think that's moody. what we're getting. And then this diner scene happens, and the tone shifts. And you think this is when things are going to get really, really intense, when you have the killer face-to-face -face with the man who's got basically a gun up against his head to do this movie. You think this is going to get crazy? Right. And it does, but in the way you don't expect. No, no. And the fact that he's threatening to kill these two people in the diner, when when there's a, it's, there's a diner full of people, how could he possibly? That's where the... That's where the essence of the comedy is, is that he's trying to be threatening, but he's in a he's in a diner full of people. He's also threat. But he's planned that. He's like, these people are going to be so shocked. I'll be out of there before I'll be out of here before anybody reacts. There's all these people around. These people are going to be so freaked out when I start stabbing the two of you to death. They're not going to do shit. Wait, why do I get killed? Did you not help him steal my stuff? He's done this before. <laughs> he's good at what he does. He's good Even at what when he it's does. with a fork. If you don't tell me where my stuff is right now, I'm going to take this fork and fucking kill you where you sit. Wow. Right? I mean, that's it. I believe you want to kill me right now. I do. And I'm gonna. Where's my stuff? The fork. It's a bit of a stretch. You don't really think you can kill me with that. Yes, I do. Really, you do? Really, I do. Uh, the knife's right there. You should have gone for the knife. No, the knife's too dull. Yeah, but I'm scared of a knife. I'm not scared of a fork. Not yet. Where the fuck is my stuff? That's right. And the fork comes they back. They wait 40 minutes <laughs> to make that fork joke work. And it's so <laughs> And it works. It's like, you know, Chekhov said, if you show a gun in the first act, it's got to come back and in the does. last one. And it does. It's got it's to go into Malcolm McDowell's eye. We'll come back to him because he's in this too. <laughs> oh, what a nice little surprise. It wasn't a surprise because I had read this, the cast uh, list. And I knew he was coming in this film eventually. But always nice to see Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically making fun of himself. Yes, which is great. I'm glad that they made him British. They kept him mm -hmm. British. Well, we'll get yeah. to it, but yeah. So this whole scene, the diner, when he set up with the plot, like Miles, it just it, like you, you think they'd be scared. They're just not scared. Nobody's scared of each other. And look, it's it's. I play no. playing the audio for this, so it'll like. So you want me to be in a movie? Close, not quite. A, I don't want you to be in a movie. I'm forcing you to be in a movie. And B, you're not just in it. You're the star. This is your big break, kid. Take it. Or else. Listen, we can hammer out the details over lunch. It's on us. Well, it also shows the it also shows the absolute insanity of M Miles that he would think that this plan would work and that he's so confident yeah. about it and that he has no qualms about blackmailing somebody yeah. else. So we we get a little glimpse into the Miles we see a little bit later. One of my favorite lines from the scene <laughs> when he's like, when Miles says to, to Nick, you know, Clark Gable was a murderer too. 
<laughs> he was not. He may have been a gay. He may have been a gay boy. Wait, was it Clark Gable that was gay? Cary no, it was Cary Grant. Cary Grant, yeah. right? Clark Gable was straight. You can't, as they be, come. you can't be gay with that mustache unless you're John Waters. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You can't pull that no, shit off. No, if you're gay. no, no, no. <laughs> so yeah, he, they they bring him in. They're like, we got this stuff. We got your stuff. We're gonna give it to the police. If you don't agree to do this and you're going to go to jail. What's funny is at that point, we don't know what the stuff is, right? We've seen them carry. We've seen Miles carry something out of his apartment and he trips and it falls all over yeah. the floor. But we don't know, in essence, what they what they have on him. We only learn no, later. I mean, we get, a, we get an idea of it because like in those early gritty scenes, like we, the, he murders several people before all this goes on. And you see after one of the murders, we're getting quick flashes of him, like taking pictures of himself. Yes. With weapons and like severed feet and shit. So, yeah. So, you know that there's bad shit. He's got bad shit. Okay, right. You're right. You're right. It's got DNA. We got pictures. We got <laughs> evidence. Hard, hard mm-hmm. evidence. Mm-hmm. Which is also, you know, if you're a serial killer, you got to be a little more. We've noticed that he's a guy who enjoys what he does, but he's also good at what he does. So the fact that he would leave all that stuff around, I'm a little disappointed in that well, serial killer. House, man. If it's, if, I mean, if it's in his castle, <laughs> his ha- a man's house is his castle, even if he's a serial killer, man. I guess you're right, but lock that. Miles don't have no respect. Lock that yeah, shit Miles up. Have no respect. <laughs> Why you gotta be disrespecting serial killers like that, Miles? It's not okay. Well, his last name is Fowler, and he foul. And he's Miles Fowler than everybody else in this movie. It turns out, Miles Fowler. Oh my! Oh my gosh! Yes, what a great pun! What a great pun on words. That What's Patrick. in the name? What's in it? Well, that, whenever you get names, because I learned that in one of my acting classes, like when you, like for auditions, like when for film in particular. Mm-hmm. Always look at your character's name and say, what does that bring up in your head? Because that name was chosen for a reason. Interesting. I got to start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like notice how, well, basing on my, I used to tease Brad, my ex, about this all the time. Like every character named Brad in a movie is always the coolest guy of the face of the planet or the hugest douche. That's true. So if your character is named Brad, that's what you need to do. The shitty boyfriend's always Brad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or Jeff in this case, but we'll come back to him. Oh boy. And oh, oh, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> he's bad, but he's nice. <laughs> too bad he turned out to be an asshole, but he's oh, so cute. Oh, he's nice. He had one of my favorite lines in the movie, too, because this is Ashley's abusive boyfriend. Yes. Who hates that she's doing another movie and is trying to be super controlling of her. And he's on the phone with her and he's just like, just, just so you know, I'm in a super shitty mood. I need you to be extra cool tonight, okay? Like, like as soon as I come home, if you can just love my temples and fuck me, that'd be ideal. <laughs> I love this script. I love it. Where, where, where else would you hear a line like that except from, except from a douchey Hollywood? Well, he's not. He's not in the business, but no, he's a, not a, dou- a douchey California guy. Yeah, rub my temples and, and just fuck me. fuck me. The beginning of the end for them. We see that their relationship is not based on anything good. No, 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 no. no. But then what in this movie is? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bleak. It is pretty bleak. I'll tell you that. Jeff, what the fuck? Get out of here. Are you insane? I'm insane. I'm insane. You're just like a goddamn hooker. I'm playing a hooker, you You're- dick. What I love is also Miles' description of his own movie. It's kind of impossible to describe, but basically if the dead zone in Deep Red had a baby and that baby was tied up and gangbanged by, don't look now, three penny opera, and let's say M. This is a slightly more gonzo version of what that would be like. Pretty fucking cool, right? And then you get the movie, The Whorehouse That Screamed. <laughs> yeah, it's none of those things. It's none of those things. It's total 
little trash. There's no little there's no little girl running around in a red slicker. No, there's no, no there's no pet shit. This movie is shit. <laughs> there's no pedophile walking around killing children in in Germany 1927. There's no art. There's no there's... And what's the dead zone part? I guess the Who dead zone. Who the fuck knows? This, but that, know. in in Miles' head, that's what he's making. Okay. And I I love the deep red. That's a pretty that's a pretty deep cut. Yeah. No no pun intended. Yeah. But what I thought what I thought was interesting, the, the whole one of the big conflicts in this is not just that you have a serial killer, is that he's just like, why am I here? And they keep telling him, well, nobody would play a part this part better than you. Yeah. And this is and he can't do it. Not that he just is not he's not an actor, but their idea of what a serial killer is has nothing to do with what this actual serial killer does. And that's a mm-hmm. source of a lot of humor. There's that whole scene with here they're trying to direct Nick at the mirror <laughs> with the knife. <laughs> He just can't and, get the uh, yeah. Well, look at your knife and laugh at it. I, why? I don't. <laughs> why? And just like it's a serial killer apartment with like six 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 spray painted on the walls and everything's broken and you're gonna have to wear a dress. He's like, why? I don't do this. You have an actual serial killer. Take a cue from what the actual serial killer does. Now we're gonna do the stupid movie version of it because that that is often the way. Is because I've been in those situations where they cast Make- that person. Or I'll cast this person because this person is that person, and then they can't actually do it because. Well, film yeah. in particular is is it's not just acting; it's all this weird technical shit that you have to know too. And if you don't know that, and it's like, can you be yourself with a camera like six six inches of your face and like eight special effects people crawling around your feet? It's, right. Yeah. It is that it is that movie myth that if you do like an open call and you see seven thousand people, and then you find the one person who's never been in a film before, and he's so natural, and this that's this Hollywood um, this uh, sort of. Um, yeah, this this thing that this thing that filmmakers love to tout is that they found a real person who has no acting credits. But yeah, what what this movie is commenting on the fact that this person doesn't know their way around a movie set. So what are you gaining? You're gaining naturalism, but you're losing you're losing time and money. Yeah, and also if you just listen to the guy who actually knows the business like yeah. that you want to portray, you might actually learn something. But no, you have this this jacked up image, and it's just so all of it's just it's so stupid. It's so all whorehouse. so. I don't. Did you did you understand the movie within the movie, the whorehouse that screamed? Did you have any idea what the plot is of the that? the story <laughs> of twin? Ashley is playing two roles of twin sisters connected with clairvoyant powers. One is just an average, average lady, and the other one's a hooker. It's kind of like I know who killed me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I oh, which which I've never seen the Lindsay Lohan thing, right? Yes, don't just don't. Just I don't. never seen jo- that. Jo- you no, you better don't. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I made it about forty five minutes through, and I'm like, I can't even. Because remotely give a shit about there has been some revisionist history about that movie. People are like, you know what? You should go back and watch that because that movie actually has some interesting things to say. And I thought, uh, maybe, maybe if I'm desperate one night, but it's not it's not high on the list. Believe me. Yeah, oddly enough, it's not streaming anywhere. Why? It's a piece of crap. And that's why Mm. (laughs) (laughs) we're not talking about that. What were we talking about? We were talking about the the whorehouse that screamed. What I what I gathered, it's like that the serial killer in the movie within the movie. Killed one of the twins. Yes. And when he goes to this whorehouse, I guess just by accident and- It's uh, a possessed whorehouse? No. It's a- <laughs> No, no, no. Well, he, t- he touches her twin and the twin has a psychic vision. <laughs> I saw her. I saw her get murdered. <laughs> I saw every ounce of life leave her face. All that blood. Stay away from 
her helpless throat. It was him. He's coming for me next. Oh. Yeah, there's that whole, oh, come on, that great scene, that great dialogue. Hold on, hold on. I saw her. I saw every ounce of life drain out of her face and the blood gushing, gushing out of her helpless throat. Cut to Miles and Justine looking at her like, yes. oh my God, she's yes. brilliant. Every We're going to win a award for this. Draining out of your face. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's out to kill her too because she knows. What I love that is that Miles after that scene says, okay. We're going to do another take of that. And I thought, you gotta, you're got you going to make her do that whole thing again? What you... You already put her in that wig. How much more disrespect can you do to that girl? <laughs> it's that wig. Whoa. Whoa. That's what I love about this film is that it's, you know, it's also making a comment on the types of films that people but decide it, to make. Is, and this the even, is this even a film? And not for nothing, but is this a real movie? I don't know much about this stuff, but I live in Hollywood, too. I've seen real movies getting shot, and they're not made on camcorders. And where are the trucks and all the cables and shit? And the lights, big lights, not like that. And more people and snacks and those chairs with the director's names on the back, whatever they're called. They're called director's chairs. Are you really a movie director? Because it doesn't look like it. Because like I live in Hollywood and I've seen real movies being made and they have like yeah. big lights, not lights like this, but big lights. <laughs> and like it's people not, running around with cables and, and, and there's tables with snacks. It's not a camcorder. <laughs> where's a the camera. director? Yeah. Where's the director chair? Yeah. 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 That's that's a that's an Anthony Bravo speech given by given by Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Very well done by 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 Anthony Bravo. Uh-huh. You have to trust the process. What's the process? You got to trust me. I don't trust you. <laughs> that wasn't very good, Nick. Okay. I know you don't think you can do this. but Because I can't do this. You can do this. You are this character. No, I'm not. I don't do any of this shit. I don't laugh at my knife. You're going to have to learn to just trust the process here. I don't know what that means. That means you got to trust me. Well, I don't trust you. And I don't like you, and I hate you, and I want to go home. <laughs> I worked with that guy. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what you want me to do. And the fact that that guy thinks it's brilliant. Uh-huh. That guy thinks that he's making the next great Citizen Kane yeah, of horror. Yeah. yeah. But he's not. As far as, I mean, as far as I can see, there was one set, right? There's the bedroom set. Then they went to the ranch at one point. Because they some, needed grandeur. They need some grandeur in the film. <laughs> What a great speech that is. <laughs> wow. That movie was uh, terrible, but had that great scene with grandeur at a ranch. <laughs> once that, that Anthony Bravo writes himself some really good speeches. Yeah. But, he's, uh, given himself, he's given himself some really great lines in this movie. Yeah. It's a delightful thing. One of my other favorite scenes. This relationship starts to develop very quickly mm. between Justine and Nick, the killer. Yeah. What I love, she's never afraid of him. No. Ever. I think from the very beginning, she's not afraid of him. She treats him like, an, like any other person. Yeah. Guarded, yes. But she's always very nice to him. And and this, this relationship starts to bring him. So how many people have you killed? How many people have you killed? Like more than a hundred? A hundred? No. Come on. Don't be a moron. Ten. Okay. 
Yeah, let's say 10. You don't know the exact number. I have killed 38 people. Wow. That's a lot. It's not 100. Besides, that figure's inflated. I've only gone out and killed half that, but I only kill couples, so... You only kill couples? Yeah. Why only couples? I don't know. That's just how I do it. You don't think there's some psychological reason behind that? Probably. You don't have to keep talking to me if I'm making you feel uncomfortable. Okay. Ten? hundred? <laughs> I mean, 38 is nothing to shake a stick at. That's no, a lot of, it's a lot, a of, lot of damn people. And she's, and you're right. She's still not, she doesn't seem to, to be afraid. She's like, you know. Nope. No, she's the stage manager, man. She's just like, <laughs> part of my cast. Everything, everything is calm. We're going to, whatever comes our way, we'll deal with it. Yeah. I love, yeah. I loved, I loved that relationship. I thought they were so cute together. They were cute. They were cute. And this, it keeps growing and like they get closer and closer. Cause after this whole speech about this, like, is this a real movie? He asks some of Miles other movies. She's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I got them on DVD. And he says, oh, okay, can I borrow them? She says, sure. Can I also borrow your TV? <laughs> and <do> the- <laughs> So they wind up having a, they wind up having a date to watch this to watch Miles old movies. And what I also love too is that in that other speech earlier on, when Miles is like, excuse me, I am a director. Hold on, here's my award. He carries that award around with him. He's like, he's you like, what's the what's douche. the guy from what's the guy from Amadeus that did that? Um, uh, F. Murray Abraham. Did you know that he used to do that? He used to he used to take his Oscar everywhere in his bag. Bitch, you were in the Ritz in a town. <laughs> Okay. Yes. You were the grossest thing in the bathhouse. Okay, calm down. All right, but yeah. You were in, what was the movie? What was the horror movie he was in a while ago? Phantoms? Was he in that? No, that was Peter O'Toole. I don't know. They, they have this little me cute watching Miles' old movie, and this movie is wretched. Oh my God, it's awful. It's, <laughs> it's wretched. But Miles at one point says, Excuse me, I'm a director. I have directed 14 movies in the past eight years. And I thought he was going to say, I've directed 14 movies in the past six weeks. Like he's on like a porn schedule. <laughs> I mean, if, is, is that the movie that won him the awards or not won him the awards, but I'm going if- to assume so. I'm going to assume that Ashley won best actress for wearing that ridiculous Catwoman bargain basement cat suit with those fake nails that don't even yes. press on. They like clipped on your finger going. And the fake blood. When she when she gets shot, the blood is like CGI. CGI blood. <laughs> it's terrible. terrible. And even the cat, there was a cat watching it. He's like, oh, yeah. what, the cat's going to kill everybody now? It's a stuffed cat. Like total a like cat. beanie baby like, stuffed cat watching. <laughs> like a puppet cat. Yeah. On a, on a, on a terrible cemetery set. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and Nick is not having it. He's just like, Bwah! I'm surprised Nick didn't quit right then and there. He can't. Of course, he Are can't you- quit because he's being blackmailed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But this relationship starts developing between the two of them. And he starts, I don't want to say changing, mm. but he actually likes Justine. And he starts yeah. to become the more human. He's becomes the most human character in the movie. Like the most like all of a sudden, like it's like you're rooting for him instead of you being afraid of him. And as the movie goes on, you're starting to get more and more afraid of Miles. These Absolutely. two are doing are doing a freaky Friday with each other. Yeah, they're switching places. Yeah, the man is becoming the monster and the monster is becoming the man. Yep. Yep. Another great part of another great aspect of this movie is that, you know, you you never really know who these where these characters are going and who they are. Um it sets up it sets us up to believe they're one way and then it shows us another way. So Yeah. 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 And it's nice to see- 
it's nice to see a serial killer's heart get warm for for somebody. Yeah, and even in those scenes, like they eventually like they have sex and everything, and it's awkward but hot and sweet. And just, I just love this little relationship. But even then, sometimes it's like he might snap her neck. Sure, at any time, at any moment, and she probably knows that too. That's yeah. That's also what's part of the turn on is that well, she she's, knows she's on the list. He's already said, "I'm going to kill you both when we're done mm-hmm, with them." You, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Why are you going to kill me?" She's, and he's just like, "He stole my shit. You're you're part of this." Yeah. Isn't it a hetero myth, though, that every woman feels like they can change their man? So maybe maybe Justine feels like, I could change him. If I make love to him, if I love him, he'll stop killing people. I don't even think she cares about the killing really? people part. He murdered Malcolm McDowell right in front of her <laughs> before they boned. That's true. Yeah. Malcolm McDowell's in this movie, too. Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell. Having, having CGI green skin outer space <laughs> sex with some big titty bimbo was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> to see an actor of that age and caliber just throwing himself into the role. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. You know, Malcolm McDowell's an interesting... I, I looked up his IMDb thing and he he has done some shit, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. But, but he has like... He will do a bad movie and then he'll appear in like a big budget movie like Halloween. And then he'll do a bunch of bad movies and then he'll be in Bombshell from last year. Yeah, so, well, that's, how, that's how you feel yourself, man. You do you do the big budget thing and then you do what you want. Like he wants to mm-hmm. do the shitty things. Great. Good for you, Malcolm. He seems to be having a ton of fun in this movie. Yeah. And he's, and he's still staying in the eye. He picks the right projects. Very true. We talk about and it's yeah. smart. And I think he's great. And I also realized something recently. Uh, sidebar. Yeah. I've been watching the show on Hulu called Murdoch Mysteries. Oh, I haven't heard of it. It's it's fantastic. It's a, it's a Canadian show. It's run for like 13 seasons. It's obviously a murder mystery show, but it's all very light and very fun, but very smart. But it's set at the turn of the, the 20th century. So like 1899 uh-huh. through like 1909. Uh, so I'm drooling over every man in the cast because there's something about the tweed aesthetic that look <laughs> yeah. gets to me. And I realized, oh my God, this is why it's Malcolm McDowell's fault from time after time. I watched that movie a thousand times <laughs> when I was a kid and I had a big crush on him. Like it's the, that's where that comes from. Yeah. Yeah. But he also, didn't he, didn't he have a cute little mustache and, and the little the, glasses? Yeah. He was, the little glasses. And he was also romancing Mary Steenburgen mm-hmm. and he was the hero in that. Yeah. He was the hero in Tweed. Who was he? He was, was he Sir Arthur Conan Doyle? No, no, H. no, no. Wells. H.G. Wells. Right. Dan, I reviewed this movie with Elena Acker. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I did. No, I just made that connection too. <laughs> <laughs> See, the worlds converge here on Scream Queens. Yeah. That is a great movie. They're like. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> also with a great serial killer, David Warner plays Jack the Ripper, right? <sighs> He's fantastic. Having Ann Bobby do that line of his, like 80 years ago, I was a freak. Mm. Today, I'm an amateur. Great. And Bobby did that to me after like three Manhattans. And I was just like, take me now. <laughs> did you know I worked with Ann Bobby? Yes. I have the movie yes. sitting right over. No, I don't oh have that God. movie. I have that other, uh, the other movie she did. Um, uh, shape of the, 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 suffer the children. Suffer the little children. Yeah. yeah she was, she was a lovely person. Yeah. Anywho, anywho. Are we talking about her? No. <laughs> Shane in this movie. Shane in shock value. She should have been. She would have been like, oh, hell no. A little Ann Bobby in, in every movie would be just fine. That's fine. Who, who would she have played in this movie? She could have played uh, someone's agent, Justine or Ashley's agent. She saying, should have been. She should have been the madam of the oh, whorehouse. Yes. 
Yes. Some big Mrs. Garrett like. <laughs> Charlotte Ray. Yes. The, I mean, yeah. the, the whorehouse already has these two impressive. Is it two like big brawny black men who? Yeah, the taunt, pimp, yeah. yeah. The pimps. Oh, they're, they're the pimps, of course. Well, one is the pimp, and one is just like one is on the crew. Okay. Oh, right, Lester. Lester, the crew guy. Yeah. 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 Oh gosh, what are we talking about? Where are we? <laughs> Um, we're all over the place we're all over the place okay, but that's this, okay that's what we do this here. movie's all over the place too oh so oh yeah we're, we're with malcolm mcdowell what i love malcolm mcdowell they owe malcolm mcdowell a shit ton of money he gave them twenty five thousand dollars they gave he gave miles twenty five thousand dollars to make a movie yeah and he hasn't made the movie but they need a green screen from him but he's having sex in space but that's not the point right now but they're trying to get the green screen back <laughs> without having to bring up the twenty five thousand dollars or this project that's supposed to be written on but miles uh, I mean, uh, Malcolm McDowell is just going on and on. I had this great idea. Mm -hmm. That's going to be packing him into the box office. I'm going to be playing uh, Dracula. <laughs> just Dracula? What do you mean, just fucking Dracula? No, I'm talking about an edgy 21st century reboot. It starts with these college kids. They're backpacking through Transylvania. And they unwittingly come across Dracula's castle, right? Now, here's the hook. They're recording everything on their cell phones. We do a real-time movie using cell phones. Yeah! But the whole found footage thing is a little played out at this point. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we'll put in some modern stuff like the internet. And no, Dracula but... can't be photographed. He's a vampire. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, I've only played the fucker three times. In the 70s. Disco Dracula was released in 1980, so fuck you. I'm a little bit older now, so make him older. Dracula can't get older. He's a vampire. Dracula. <laughs> And it's also funny because they just they just keep shooting it down. He's like, she's like, he's like, I played the role three times. He's like, yeah, but you're old now. So what? Dracula, Dracula never <laughs> ages. We can work around it. It'll be a great movie. All the kids will be visiting Transylvania, but the whole movie will be done on cell phones because that's what kids are doing, and it'll be revolutionary. And like that's really played out, by the way. <laughs> and of course, someone also brings up that you know uh, he doesn't. Dracula doesn't appear on film. So how are you going to make the found footage angle work? Well, we'll bring up. Both, we'll just add lots of modern things like the internet. <laughs> is what he says modern <laughs> things like the internet <laughs> <laughs> i have to say this is a lovely scene and he gets just to let loose malcolm yes, mcdowell yes but it is it is it is a it was sort of a stretch to get him into this movie like they need a green screen so they have to go to malcolm mcdowell's place because he has it like why does he i mean we see why he has the green screen oh, but well, yeah. but you're just like I, I feel like at some point they were like okay we need a name in this movie to sell it malcolm mcdowell seems amenable We've got to put him in this movie somehow, by hook or by crook. And so they wrote this. And I, like, like I said, I'm not complaining about the scene. I love it. I love seeing him. But story-wise, <laughs> story-wise, not necessary. Without this scene, yes, Nick never gets to say, I love you. He does, yes. To Justine, even though it could be a ruse. Because Malcolm McDowell is also not particularly um, sane. No. Violent, like he's got a gun out the whole time and just randomly shooting shit. He ain't mm -hmm. well. He ain't well. And I forget exactly what it is. Like they, he was gonna hold Justine ransom. He wanted he he wanted Miles to go off and write this script that he that he paid twenty five thousand dollars for, and he wanted yeah he wanted to old ass Dracula, old ass Dracula, and he was gonna hold Justine for collateral until the script was delivered. 
And, yeah, <laughs> and, and Nick says, no, you can't do that. Because she is my girlfriend and I have to stay wherever she is, which is like news to us. We're like, oh. You're not invited, just her. Yeah, but she's my girlfriend. I can't leave her. Oh, fuck off. We do everything together. Tell him, honey. I've never felt this way before about anybody. Oh, you've never felt this way before about anybody? Well, hey, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? I disagree. When you love someone, it consumes you. And there's no feeling on earth that even comes close to that. And I want that feeling every second, every minute, every hour of every day. I'm not leaving her. I'm staying. And you're like, is he just saying that to get her out of the situation? Or is he actually feeling that? And then it turns out he is actually kind of feeling that. He wasn't lying. No. He wasn't lying. No, but of course, like Malcolm Dell was not having any of this. And he's, and he's my favorite line of his is like, come on, baby, stay with me. I've got bumper pool in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that would get me to stay. <laughs> you got an old daddy with some bumper pool. Oh, we're going to get a snooker <laughs> on, bitch. He got a gun. Yeah. Got a <laughs> we got grain screen. Where do I sign up? <laughs> and especially if it's Malcolm McDowell, we can oh, talk yeah. on talk all night about Clockwork Orange. Mm -hmm. Talk to me in a fun accent. Yeah. Yes. Tell me filthy stories about Mary Steenburgen. Ooh. <laughs> stories that Ted Danson can't tell us. Well, he would, but she'd beat his ass up because you That's know she right. wears pants in that family. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love her. I love her. Love her. Not the point right now. But <laughs> and the whole thing about Dracula, he says, she's, Miles like, okay, look, it's not going to work because you don't seem to understand there's a difference between having an idea and writing a script. I could write a script about Batman being a 400 pound hermaphrodite, but that's not the character. And Justine is like, I would see that movie. It's <laughs> like, I would do that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And also the, the idea that he's going to hold this woman captive until this guy. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, I don't know how shit works. And, 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 Malcolm starts to get violent when Nick's like refusing to go. And cause you can also see the whole time he's professing love for, uh, fake or not for Justine that he's set his plan. Mm -hmm. He's like, I know what I know exactly what I'm going to do if this goes wrong. Yeah. And he yeah. Like it, it happened. Like this Malcolm McDowell is dead in a heartbeat. flash we see him at we uh, have we well we have seen him at work we have seen nick at work but yeah. man man he takes him out yeah he, he doesn't fool around he's not he's in and to torture like these people are dead like before no. they even know what happened and it's the return of what in this scene we finally get him to see him use the the fork <laughs> and we don't know he used the fork it, like even then like we don't know we just see him getting stabbed like michael mcdowell getting stabbed over and over 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 seven yeah. and then he stands up and he's just like look he's like and he's holding the fork and went see fork fork <laughs> now the question is did he bring that fork with him or did no he you see him it? grab it i've seen it enough now that you okay. see him grab it he grabs the fork and flips the table in one move yes you know what that moment was very uh, flipping a table is always sexy i have to say <laughs> you you are such a real housewife dan mangan <laughs> prostitution <horse. laughs> <laughs> Teresa wasn't sexy but when nick does it it's sexy yeah yeah. 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 And at, at the end of that scene, after he finishes stabbing him, we see the sort of, the, we see the adrenaline in him and the excitement. We see in his face that this is something he loves to do. Because he's been forbidden to kill while this movie is shooting. Yes. So he's like, 
He's been on withdrawal. We've seen him driving around the streets and you know he's casing people, but he he's keeping his promise. And so this got everything. And he's so hot after this. Like it's like, I mean, like himself is hot and me, I'm just like Gur. Also breaking his own rules because he says he only murders couples. He only murders couples. That's his thing. So and now he took out an old man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's only he's he's only half satisfied, man. Yeah, all bets are off now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. The movie keeps surprising you. I love that the movie keeps surprising you. Yeah, I love that too. It because that doesn't happen much. Like I mean, I've seen everything. Yeah, and I've seen so much of this shit. Like I just like I've already written the movie Mm -hmm. in my head, and ninety nine percent of the time, you give me exactly what I thought was going to happen. So when that doesn't happen, you and I together have seen countless movies like this that Mm -hmm. never deliver. So so when you find, like you said, when you find a little gem among them like this one, you just like cling on to it. Mm -hmm. It's also well written. I have to say. The dialogue is snappy and smart yeah. and well played. I just, there's, I, we're not going to spoil this. No, I think this might be a good stopping point. Okay. Except, I, mean, I love, I love to talk about them going to the ranch for the grandeur, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> this was snappy dialogue about this pointless. And we're going to go to this ranch. We're going to go shoot a scene at Justine's father's ranch just because the film needs some grandeur. And Nick is like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Why do we have to go all the way to Ojai to shoot one scene?" scene takes place on a ranch. Justine's dad has a ranch. That ranch is in Ojai. I'm sorry, you lost me. Maybe if you could explain it in a more patronizing way. The scene needs more scope. Ranches are sprawling and evocative. Adds a level of grandeur. Grandeur. Hey, man, did you see that movie, The Whorehouse That Screamed? Oh, yeah. What would you think? Okay. We could use more grandeur, like maybe one scene at a ranch for no reason. But, but the great, terrible, one scene with grandeur. The great thing about this scene is that they finally get to consummate, Justine and Nick finally get to consummate their relationship. So, so for that reason alone, this scene is important. Yeah. 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 And again, like, the whole time, just like he is going to kill her. At some point, he's because he can see he's not done this before. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she dead. This girl dead. Is she dead? She, I'm not going to tell you. Because <laughs> you need to watch Shock Value on Tubi. Yeah. Get it. How much grace. I just love just that Justine is so good. Like she, like, I said, she stands up to Miles at one point with like no fear too, which is so great. Love that's a it. great, that's a great written scene. The scene yeah. between them when they finally have it out with each other. And okay, Miles, spoiler. She winds up after a love scene. They, she reveals that she's had Nick's stuff. This whole time, not Miles, that she's no. been lying to him this whole time. Mm-hmm. And she tells him this and he puts his hands on her face, <laughs> both hands. And with that blank look, I'm like, fuck, this is fuck. not going to end well. Fuck. But she knew what she was doing. She didn't get into it. I'm not telling you what happens, but it's just so many surprises and just so much tension as well. His Anthony Bravo's performance is great. Not to take away from um, Zach. Zach Hudson, who plays Zach Miles. Miles is, Miles is also great too. Miles is very funny. Yeah, he's big yeah. and schlubby and just so full of himself, and just a great performance. And to watch that devolve or evolve, depending on how you look, into this terrifying, terrifying character, he becomes a monster 
they all have great arcs, but but uh, Miles's arc is one of the more impressive in this film. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he goes from zero to one eighty without giving too much away. Yeah, because um, like I said, this movie's lots of fun until all of a sudden it's not, and that's when the bodies start racking up and they rack up fast. Yeah, yeah, and it delivers. You know, it delivers as a horror movie. Yeah, you gotta it wait. Deliv- yeah, sorry, you go. Sorry, guys. no, no. It delivers as a it delivers as a smart, funny, urbane comedy. It delivers as a horror movie, and it delivers as a critique of the film industry. I think it does. It gets so many things right. It also delivers as a love story. There's just so much in shock value. There is. You get a lot of value in this shock value. What a bargain. What a mitzvah. <laughs> and it's free on Tubi. You don't pay for it. No, and just at the end of the movie, the credits rolling, and it's a weird, even after everything, it's a weird kind of happy ending. Yeah, yeah. Without going into details, but the credits are rolling, and I'm just gutted. I was gutted. I'm <laughs> just, mm. This is awful. <laughs> I'm very happy for everybody that's still standing, but this is awful what just yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. It's also a, a, another comment on Hollywood also- attempting – Attempting to make money out of a tragedy, so mm-hmm. we we mm-hmm. see we see a lot of that. Yeah, and also the the tendency of the public to lap it up, lap oh, it up, we, lick it up, baby, lick it up. <laughs> I got paid in puke. I'm reminded of Scream Three. Remember Scream Three? They were making a movie about the whole thing. And- yeah, yeah, and, but if it, the, 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 oh, people really got killed in this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Give me more. Yeah. No. We love that. Well, we see that. We see that in horror. Like if you if you put on a poster that this was based or inspired on a true story, people love that. They think it's, you know. Oh, I cry bullshit. And I'm like, oh, really? Is it? <laughs> based Blair. on a true story that my, my friend told me at camp. Right. No, right. Because no. almost no. It's never it never is or it bears no resemblances. That's it's always a sign of your movie's bullshit for me. Inspired by. I love the ter- I love the tag inspired by, because that means that means they just a person in the movie has the same name as somebody in real life. That don't mean mm-hmm. nothing. No, that don't that, that don't mean shit. <laughs> that don't mean shit. <laughs> uh, uh, I love when uh, Justine says, "You're gonna go to jail, Miles. I'll be fine. <laughs> You're not gonna be fine. You need me to back up your story. Otherwise, you go to jail for obstruction of justice or some shit. Jail, Miles. All right, you in jail, not movie jail." Real jail. Yeah, well, you know what? You'll go to jail, too. Yeah. Chick jail. I'll be fine. You will not be fine. No, we all know what happens in straight prisons, straight male prisons. Well, we, and we've seen, we, we've seen Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know? It's 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 a hard life, but those women in there... It's they a hard make... life, but they had that whole season where they're like, oh, we're going to break out of prison and go swimming. Yeah. Yeah, chick jail's the place to be. <laughs> Once you learn the rules, you can figure out chick jail. And and women know women know how to work things out. They're not like guys who have to shiv each other. We have in to stab each other. <laughs> exactly. Women know how to compromise. <laughs> we have to take our artificial penises and shove them into other men because of the other way that would be gay, and that's for the showers. Oh my gosh! Everything that's place. That's right. We went there. We went there on the Scream, Qua- Scream Queens podcast. What we talked about homosexual shit in the Scream Queens podcast. I can't believe. It. Yeah, there's no. <laughs> there's no gay in this. There's no gay in this show. No. no and no. I can't even force the lens on it because the lens, as it is, is perfect. Right. <laughs> it is. I mean, just the, the angle, what they're showing you. I don't need to look any deeper. This is great. Like face yeah. value. This is a great little story. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Great job. Great job, Anthony Bravo. And who's the director? What's the director's name? Something Roth. Anyway. David Lee. David Lee Roth. <laughs> David. 
David Liebroth's directing debut. <laughs> can you imagine? Well, stranger things have happened. Listen, if Fred Durst can direct movies, then David Lee Roth can. Anything can happen. It's not, I, sh- I should know that, but I don't because I'm horrible. Oh, well. Yes. Yes, you are horrible. That's what I've been trying to tell everybody for years. Nobody <laughs> listens to me. <laughs> the director of Shock Value is Douglas Rath. Douglas Rath directed the movie. Rath, 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 Rath. Like the Rath I want to subject you to right now, Mr. Bettering Walsh. You useless piece of crap. Feel my Rath. Feel it. He <laughs> never feels my Rath. Bend the biggest. Would you mind if a cute little friendly gargoyle came and lived in your house for a while, please? Please take me away from this, please. <laughs> I promise I won't even shit in your mouth. <laughs> I'll just shit in your dimples. <laughs> so shock value. Yeah, please watch it on Tubi. And I'm going to be doing a screening of it probably not this Saturday, the following Saturday. Oh, yay. I'll put in the dates later because okay. this is not going to come out for another two weeks. Yeah, because y'all need to see this. You do. Yeah. yeah. You'll be surprised, especially if you're a horror fan. You'll 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 enjoy it. I think. Well, Dan Dominguez, let me tell you something really weird. Yes. Uh, being a horror podcast, but well, you should know this too as a podcaster. When you have something like this, I, I, I could get a movie like Shock Value that is a gem, and I will rave about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody watches it. I take a movie that's a piece of garbage and I shred the shit out of it. Everybody watches, it and they come back and be like, "I can't believe I watched that. It was so bad. I told you not to watch it." <laughs> Isn't that weird? I think I think because we love to we love to hate watch too. Yeah, yeah. We love to see we love to see uh, things go wrong or bad shit. Yeah, I think it's I think it's that hate watch kind of thing. It's like oh, it's a good movie. That's not going to be any fun. I can't watch that with my friends and have drinks or something at the same time. So no, yeah, this is not a party movie. But there's also isn't that do you do you find that thing, Patrick, about horror movies is that you 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 sometimes tend to go back to horror movies that you don't actually ever like. But you find yourself watching them over and over again. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Like Sleepwalkers. Do you know this movie, Sleepwalkers? The one, the Stephen King movie with Alice Krieger. And you shut your mouth right <laughs> now. I love Sleepwalkers. It's, I guess I, I guess I love it too because I go back to that movie like once a year. It's flawed <laughs> as fuck, but somewhere in there, there's great stuff in there. I've learned. Yeah, there's a great story that I think a remake of that now would be, be an improvement because it's like it needed a little less incest, a little more backstory for the monsters because we don't really understand them, and a few less Freddy Krueger jokes. And I think you get a great movie. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a movie of its time. I think it was trying to be too much. I think it was trying to do too much, but mm-hmm. um, but that's a movie I come back to often. Well, what's her name in it? Is fantastic. The, the you're the heroine girl from Twin Peaks. Machen Amick, is that how you say her name? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she goes through absolute hell. The amount of hell that she goes through in this movie, and like being the and also I love cats. So, yeah, and they save the day. Cats are the saviors in that movie. Uh huh. And I look at Smoochie. I'm like, would you do that for me? She's like, do you see any sleepwalkers around here? (laughs) Alice Krieger ain't here. I'm sleeping. Do you see any incestuous sleepwalkers in this apartment? <laughs> Show me an incestuous sleepwalker and I will defend you, Patrick. Did you get cop kebab today? No. <laughs> I, w- I wish, Smoochie. Thank you. Uh, that's right. Someone dies by corn on the cob in that movie. And they yell, cop kebab. Cop oh, kebab. Actually, yeah, actually, that's two different scenes. Right. The cop kebab was a pencil and then the other cop got stabbed in the back by Alice Grieg, who then says, you should eat more vegetables. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's the kind of thing like the yeah, like you said, the Freddy Krueger thing where there's got to be a snappy retort. Not a fan. Not a, not a fan. The only kind it of only works. The only kind of torts I like are on the Great British Bake Show. Thank you. <laughs> if I Those are eat, nice, Patrick. If I can eat the tort, then it's a good tort. <laughs> tort. 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 Tart. They would it's, say it like this. They would say tart. Is he saying tort or tart? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I want a tort tort. <laughs> I'm doing Kegel, so I have a tort tort. I'm taking you to court about... <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm taking you to court about a tort about my tort. All right, Co- prostitution whore. <laughs> well, on my table. Okay, Dan Demagus. Before we go, I never even. I realized I didn't even bring up for people who don't know what goes on at the Hot Date Podcast. Oh, at the Hot Date Podcast, we came up with this fun system where we choose a random date in history, and then we find a movie that came out around that date that both of us might enjoy seeing for the first time, usually, and then we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a way for us to talk about films that we have never seen, which is a thing that I need to do. I need to expand my horizons a little bit. So that's what we do on the Hot Date Podcast. You can have a hot date with Dan Dominguez and expand him. Oh, <laughs> don't expand him. <laughs> expand him. Thank you. Or expense him. Expense. Oh, me. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> the date might be hot, but it ain't free. Then make us tell people where they can find you on social media and good stuff like that. If they wanted to say hi. Oh, I'm on Facebook. Just my name, I guess. Dan Dominguez. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Now, don't make fun of this because some people do. Dom Dan 13. No. Yeah. Dom Dan 13. That's the Instagram. I get um, it because it's your name in the other way. Right. But some people are like, oh, what does that mean? Are you trying to tell me something? I'm like, no, motherfucker. It's just my name. <laughs> and oh, then, yeah. What's in a name, bitch? Shut up. And honestly, I don't ever use Twitter, so I don't remember. But I guess you can just type my name into Twitter and you'd find it. Just cool, so that's right. <laughs> You're too good for Twitter, Dan Dominguez. It's above you. I, there's something about Twitter, I guess, because you have to write shit. I don't know. <laughs> Scrolling, too much scrolling. I can't find too, anything. It's too it, it, much. Ugh, so much work. Come to me. I don't want to come to too you. Much. And we also bring them to me. <laughs> bring your funny quips before me and plop them ahead. I want to go scrolling for three hours to find something amusing that's not going to make me angry. <laughs> I'm never drawn to it. And and also we we have a, a, a website for the podcast, hotdatepod.com. If you want to check it out. Nice. Thank you very much. But yeah, um, say hello. Huh, Dan. Hi, we're done. Thank you so much for coming and Scream Queens. I'm so happy to have you. This is really fun. This was a pleasure, Patrick. I've been no, no. I was going to say I've been waiting my whole podcast listening career to well, be a guest on your show. I, this is lovely. I wanted to have you on in the past, but you're always gallivanting across the country, working with this famous person and that. Oh, I, can't, I I'm sorry, I can't right now. I'm shooting a film for the cinema. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't do a lot of filming stuff. It's more theater. But thank you, theater. Mm-hmm. And God knows what any of us are going to be doing now. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm doing a movie. I'm doing some theater with. Oh God, I just blanked at her name. Orca. O- orca. Orca. She was an orca. Charlotte Rampling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm doing. I'm doing a piece of live theater with Char- Charlotte Rampling. Just to, and just to, off. <laughs> just to be specific, I wasn't Ooh. doing. It, I wasn't doing it with her. She was in the. Oh, you were doing it on her. She was, I was doing it. <laughs> well, come on. It's Charlotte Rampling. It's a conceptual show. <laughs> yes. She loved it. She's very adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> we were just performing in the same venue. I didn't do a show with Charlotte Rampling. Okay. All right. As, you made as, it, your post made it sound like you were, though. 
You know, you said you said Orca. Sean, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going on trumpets. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing our intervals. <laughs> During the intervals, come and join us at Shea Fantastique next door. Your name will be on the list, but it won't be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> when you said Orca, I thought I thought you were going to say I did a show with Bo Derek. Now there, that would have been fantastic. I did a show with Bo Derek's leg. <laughs> <laughs> I wrenched it from the whale's mouth. She was an amazing lady, Macbeth. Bo Derek was. <laughs> Incredible, incredible. Out damn leg, out damn leg. <laughs> and we are out of the show. Dan, the Megan, thank you so much for coming by. You are welcome back anytime. And I know you're going to be around. So uh, you might yes. be back sooner than either one of us think. Thank you, Patrick. I love you. I love you. And I love your pussy. Oh. Your pussy shit. Shut that bitch up. So thank you once again to Dan Dominguez for joining me for this episode. What a sheer delight to get to hang out with you and chat and talk about this really cool movie. And remember, if you want to see Shock Value, you can find it on Tubi TV for free. So go do that. You, you will not be disappointed. And please let me know what you think. And please don't forget that you are all cordially invited to my birthday Saturday double feature watch party on the cast app. We're going to be screening on Saturday, May 9th, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, my Super Psycho Sweet 16, and happy birthday to me. And that all starts at about 3 p.m. My Super Psycho Sweet 16 start, uh, will start at 3 p.m., and my happy birthday to me will start about 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're watching that on cast, K-A-S-T. And you can join that party right through your browser. Just use the link bit.ly slash sqsocial, bit.ly slash sqsocial, scream queen social, yay, and join the party. Yeah, that will send me a friend invite. And then once you're approved, that's the link to get you into the party as well. So yeah, happy birthday to me and Super Psycho Sweet 16. It's going to be really super fun. These watch parties always have a fun little crowd. We have a great time. So bring some snacks, bring some drinks, and get ready to throw some shade at some movies and have a great time with your fellow screamers, man. And hey, it's my birthday. Don't make me cry because I don't want to. But um, before we go, all right, thoughts on turning 50. Okay. As many of you know, I am HIV positive. I'm not shy about that. I have been since 2004, but it almost killed me back then. I had some secondary infection that they thought was PML, uh, progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy, which is progressive and fatal. I should have been dead in 2004. You know, my whole body shut down. My brain shut down. I lost three months of time, and they told my family that had that I was not going to survive, and by some small fraction of a chance I did, I would be severely brain damaged. And neither of those things came through, and nobody knows why. The obvious answer is that it was a misdiagnosis, but who knows? I don't know. So I have always felt since then that I, not that I'm living on borrowed time, and I don't want to say like every day is a gift, but turning 50, i finally in a place where I don't feel like surviving was a mistake stayed with me for a long time. That's survivor's guilt. I'm not there anymore. And a lot of that has to do with this show and therefore with you. And I'm grateful to have you in my life, even in this weird tangential format that we communicate. Even when I started this show, I was not there. I was not there. I still felt like I shouldn't be alive and I didn't deserve to be alive. And it is by producing the show and connecting with so many of you out there and 
hearing about your lives and your problems and 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 being creating something bigger than myself has given me meaning in my life that I've never had before. And I thank you all for being a part of that. That is the greatest gift of all. And that is sounds really corny. And I feel the sarcastic son of a bitch in my head trying to edit that. But I'm going to let that lie. I'm going to let that lie. So thank you for spending my birthday with me. Because today is my actual birthday. Yes, we're celebrating it all month long. But this is the actual one. And you're here. So yay. Thank you for being at this little party. Small little intimate gathering. And I've also talked about in the show before that I was not a nice person before I got sick. I was a nasty, selfish little bastard who knew how to manipulate people and, and took pleasure in being cruel. And that person doesn't exist anymore. And I've learned about the joy of being unselfish. And that is why I've dedicated my birthday month to raising funds for backpacks for the street. I talked about that last time. There's this organization that hands out backpacks full of supplies for the homeless people of New York City. No questions asked. Just walk up to people who are, who are in need and just say, hi, do you want a backpack? And there's socks and food and water and now information about COVID and masks and gloves. And Jason and Jeffrey, who run that organization, are, are, are doing God's work, going out there, day, working day and night to get these things out to people because the homeless are really suffering in New York. I mentioned it last time that they were all, they're all on the subway, that the uh, homeless have taken over the subway because there's nowhere left to go. There's nowhere left to go. The shelters that are open are not safe. And there is literally nowhere else to go. And they're scared. And they don't have the access to information. And it's bad. And now they're being persecuted by the city. Because, um, yeah, they shut down the subways. For the first time in the subway's existence, they shut down overnight. And they had police kick all the homeless people off the subways. I understand this. I understand the need for this. But the idea was, well, okay, they have emergency shelters available for them. Great. They said, hi, we have emergency shelters available for all of you. Here's the information that you need. But they didn't help them get there. And most of these places were nowhere near, anywhere near a subway station. So there's no plan to help them. And it breaks my heart. And the things I was talking to Jeffrey, and he was saying there, in the past couple of weeks, they have two hundred new people that they're working with, that that are newly homeless. Like they've encountered over two hundred people in two weeks that are newly homeless. What you would think of as regular everyday people who were living in their apartment and got evicted because they couldn't pay the rent because their jobs got furloughed, which technically they should have been able to do. There are laws passed that say that you can't do that right now because of the crisis. However, there are loopholes in it, and these people are falling through like crazy. And Jason, Jeffrey's husband, used to be homeless, and he will be the first to tell you how quickly it can happen. It can happen in a flash, and it's happening in a flash to more and more people at an incredibly frightening rate. And like I said, there's no fucking plan. I'm angry now. Don't break my heart on my birthday, and do—I do, uh, know— Times are tough, financially, for all of us. So please consider making a donation to Backpacks for the Street. That would be an even greater gift than you, a gift that would truly make me happy on this, my 50th birthday, if you, you would just consider making a donation to Backpacks for the Street. I made a mistake last time. I gave out the wrong URL on the show. But now I have a Facebook 
fundraiser page set up for it, and you can donate there at bit.ly slash SQ backpacks. Bit.ly slash SQ backpacks. Scream Queens backpacks. Yeah. As I, I struggle at the end of the show every now because, you know, the, the, for the run of the show, the um, tagline has been, you know, I always say, yeah, continue to make the world a creepier place. The world is fucking creepy enough. It's too creepy right now, and you can help make it a little less creepy. You guys showed up in droves for the kids and the alternatives for all these potathons. Asking you one more time, give a little, because it means a lot. Before we wrap up, I just want to thank my partners in crime, the folks over at Squadcast. Squadcast is the place for remote Recordings for professional podcasters. Just this interview with Dan was recorded using Squadcast, and it sounds like he was in the same room with me. And yeah, I'm hearing all these other podcasts recording over Zoom, and they sound like garbage. You deserve something better for your own podcast, right? This is your fairy podfather speaking. At least check out Squadcast. At least see what they can do and see how easy it is to use and see how they can save your sound and also save your show. Like if something goes wrong, they got everything. Their instant automatic backup system ensures that you're never going to lose a second of your show, no matter what happens. And that is a beautiful thing. So if you're a podcaster and want to step up your game, use the link in the show notes. That's bit.ly slash squad Queens. And that's Queens with a Z and you get a seven day free trial of Squadcast. And I also have to give a big shout out to B. Absolutely crazy. Chippendales dancers of the podcasting scene. The folks over at Captivate FM, Captivate FM is the only podcast host that is dedicated to helping your podcast grow in any way that they can. They are actively involved in that and they make podcasting so easy it's embarrassing. I'm still not adjusted to it. And great new tools are being made available every single day. And that link is down there in the show notes as well. Get a seven-day free trial of Captivate FM. Use that link down there. And hey, go for the one-two punch. Get 17 trials of both Captivate FM and Squadcast. And you will wind up with a podcast that is Fonzie levels of cool. A. So if you want to get in touch with the show, please do. I want to hear what you thought about shock value. If you liked it, if you hated it, you had no opinion, I want to know. Drop me a message. Drop me a line. Write me. Write me some, I don't know, Instagram shit. I don't know what words people use anymore. Tweet me. That's a word. Okay. And you can do that by going over to Facebook and doing a search on Scream Queens where horror gets gay and joining the Facebook page there. You can find me on Twitter at Scream Queens. I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. If you got something to say about the show, you can leave a review of this entire show or just a particular episode at Podchaser, podchaser.com. Sign up over there. It's all free. Fabulous things going on over there. And if you're a super duper scream queen, you become a super screamer by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash scream queens and get access to Damn You Uncle Lewis, the Friday the 13th, the series, retrospective podcast, and get all kinds of free stuff and like little tidbits and 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 and, and inside the scoop things and in behind the scenes. Great. It's all good stuff. Just go over there and do stuff. Yes. Woo! So next time, the birthday celebration continues. I'm lining up some of my favorite guests, the people that always make me laugh and make me happy and new folks that you haven't met yet. Next time, we're going to be joined by Kristen Petty and Dan Cohen from Killing Your Darlings podcast. And we're going to be talking about the movie Fido. Yay! Woof, 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 woof. Except he's not a dog. He's a zombie. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be great fun. And um, yeah, so until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a safer place. By following the Scream Queen's golden rule. Say it with me now. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Stay the fuck home. Wash your fucking hands. Wear a fucking mask and chill the fuck out, man.
and never forget for one teeny tiny second how much I genuinely love you. See you next time. for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs>